We played that remix of the iconic Greek theme Zorba the Greek from that 1964 movie starring Anthony Quinn. We played it because we have an interview coming up with experts on the Mediterranean diet, which has now been modernised since it was first described in the 1950s as a recipe for a long, healthy life. It's been studied over the years, and one of the experts is Dr Catherine Itziopoulos, the Dean of Health at RMIT University. Catherine and her daughter Vivian Kutsis have written the book on the modern Mediterranean diet. And I speak to them in Melbourne, which is reputedly the largest Greek city in the world outside of Athens. I think a lot of people uh, know about the Mediterranean diet, but what we're hearing about today is the modern Mediterranean diet. I guess it's Mediterranean diet 2.0, and it's been developed by a dietitian and academic and her daughter. So Catherine Itziopoulos and Vivian Kutsis are on the line. They've just produced the book called The Modern Mediterranean Diet. Catherine is Dean of Health at RMIT University here in Melbourne. And Vivian is a business graduate, but she's obviously, uh, she loves to cook. So she's the basis of the recipes that are uh, that are in this book. I guess she's She's road tested them on everybody. So welcome, ladies, uh, Catherine and Vivian. Great to have you on Travel Riders Radio. Thanks so much for having us. So exciting to be here. It's a great it's pleasure. Great, great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Catherine, let me ask you, you you're regarded as one of the experts on the Mediterranean diet. I think you've been, uh, you've been researching it for quite a while. Did, why did it need to be modernised? Well, for many reasons. And one is uh, there is so much evidence about the health benefits of uh, this way of eating. But uh, what we find is uh, that it's not taken up by, by many groups uh, in the population, uh, not, not here in Australia, but not even in the Mediterranean. So what we tried to do here is to bring it more to the modern world, but also make it uh, available to people with different dietary needs. And, um, and certainly Vivian has personal experience which um, she'll talk to us about but um, modernizing it making it easily accessible so that um, someone can take up the Mediterranean diet uh, in their everyday life and and particularly the next generation right um, getting young people to to try to try this healthy way of eating right so as, as I understand it correct me if I'm wrong this was almost a sort of subsistence diet where um, it emerged in the rural elements areas of Greece. Virtually a farmer, maybe a fisherman as well, would uh, grow the food or catch the fish and it would be cooked there and then fresh virtually the same day. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. It started, uh, and certainly uh, my, my research, which is almost three decades now, but uh, it was first coined in the 1950s, uh, a seven-country study, Ansel Keys, for those that uh, have read that, that uh, literature. Yes, you're right, peasant diet, post-World War II. Right. So uh, very much plant-based, but also what you can catch and uh, and cook and, and prepare and grow yourself. So so fresh cook and uh, and very simple and non-processed, of course. Okay. Well, I grew up in South Melbourne, and uh, I feel like uh, I was I came from Bendigo, a quiet country town, into South Melbourne, which was absolutely chock-a-block with Greeks, Italians, Cypriots, and you know I, I had to learn uh, all the pulosses and all the various variations of the names uh, as a as a primary school student. 
And um, so I got to eat some of the food when I went home with a mate from school and uh, the nonna would put something in front of it, insisting that I eat. And it was obviously an interesting way to, to meet people and to talk about the differences that there might have been in our cultures. Vivian, um, have you been, did you learn to cook at your mother's apron strings, maybe your grandmother? Yes, yeah, so I, yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously my first foray into the kitchen was with both my grandmothers and my mother um, and my auntie as well. Um, so they taught me definitely all the basics. I did do a little stint of hospitality um, school as well. But, okay. Um, yeah, never became a full chef or anything like that. It was more for home home cooking. Um, that being said, yeah, I definitely learned so, so much from both my grandmothers and my mum and my auntie. Right. And you had, I mean, in my case, uh, South Melbourne Market was a fabulous place to go and buy a lot of the ingredients. Um, oh, absolutely. So We're you're saying... Side, however, but yeah, yeah, we just... We definitely went to markets, and my grandmothers both grew heaps of fruit and vegetables in their gardens as well. So yeah, the, the, even gardens. the front gardens of South Melbourne houses were often full of tomatoes, and you yeah, know, exactly. if, if they faced the right way, and a lot of them were painted the colours that you would see the houses uh, back in various places around around Greece. Catherine, you mentioned the you know the Greeks themselves needed this diet to be a little bit updated I, I guess rural life's probably changed a bit even in Greece yeah it has and uh, certainly because we do a lot a lot of uh, collaborative studies with Greece and, and Greeks here Greek migrants and what we find is the Greek migrants here in Australia are adhering more to the traditional uh, Mediterranean diet than the Greeks back in Greece right uh, because of this uh, need to re- to hold on to the culture and growing as Vivi said uh, and you've experienced uh, growing the vegetables wherever you can, front yard, backyard. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so in in Greece, in the cities, becoming very westernised. You know, ready yeah. food, fast food. In uh, rural areas, there's still some traditional way of eating, but it is disappearing. So we've got to do something right. to return you. I know the diet is very much vegetarian focused. Um, you don't have much meat in this diet, do you? Much red meat anyway. No, the, tra- the traditional di- diet is very plant-based and, and what we use in research, uh, I mean, I've d- developed these 10 principles and we've reflected those in the book. So um, plant-predominant, three-quarters or, or four-fifths of your plate plant foods, only one-fifth animal foods for those eating animal foods. A lot of the year you're eating vegetarian foods and some key staples like extra virgin olive oil, using garlic and onion and lots of herbs and spices in the cooking, tomatoes, you know, snacking on on nuts, uh, yogurt, fermented foods, very much part of it, fish you mentioned earlier in some parts, particularly for those living around the sea, and meat very, very sparingly. And when you use meat, it's only in small quantities. So just a small cubes of meat in a casserole, mostly vegetable. And and would it be uh, beef or would it be more likely to be goat or something in Greece? Oh, traditionally, and, and I have done some work with some of the blue zones and Ikaria, our Greek island, uh, yeah. is one of the blue zones and they eat uh, goat there right. and, they, and they, they roam free. So that's their main meat. But uh, traditionally, Greece, uh, lamb, not not the big animals. Um, right. And, uh, and again, those game meats, free range, um, uh, but, but predominantly uh, vegetarian traditionally. But you, if you go to a Greek restaurant, you'll see more meat, of course. Cause oh, absolutely, yeah. It, that, you but don't even see the chicken. traditional. Even chicken doesn't oh, seem chicken. to feature a lot, does it? That's right. 
Yeah. Right. Okay. So, Vivian, I'm interested growing up, what was the favourite thing that uh, your mother cooked for you? Oh, the favourite thing my mum would cook for me, that's so difficult. My mum's a great cook, um, obviously, so my grandmother's. But oh, mum makes this particular meatball soup. It's, it sounds kind of interesting, um, just like meatballs and like a red sauce soup. It's called Yubalakya. Anyway, she... Um, We've adapted it since I've become vegetarian with like a meatless meat um, and she puts all sorts of stuff in it and it's just amazing. It just has such a rich, nourishing flavour and okay. yeah, it just really fills me up. So, oh so you are, uh, are you vegan? I'm vegetarian. I'm also celiac, so it does make it a bit hard to completely okay. switch all the way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm vegetarian. Right. Uh, but you've, the diet is something that celiac can handle a celiac situation, yeah? Yeah, it can, um, especially with the abundance of, you know, celiac-friendly ingredients nowadays um, that are a one-for-one switch. Um, they're, yeah, it's pretty insane how much um, of the traditional food you can easily make nowadays. But even then, the use of um, legumes in place of grains and that kind of thing, it makes it very, very easy for um, the diet to be celiac-friendly. And I think in our book... Pretty much only four recipes can't be made gluten-free very easily. All the rest are just like either, you know, using a gluten-free pasta or just unnaturally gluten-free. Yeah, okay. Now, I, I understand that this is, a, this is a preventive type of diet, but is it also curative? Is it something that, you know, can help people who are like are diabetic or who discover their celiac? Um, what, what's its ability to heal? Well, a lot of the research that, uh, that that I've led and been involved in here in Australia is we've tested the Mediterranean diet in many groups of people with different medical conditions. My first ever uh, trial uh, back in the 1990s was uh, with people who had type 2 diabetes and they had never eaten this type of diet. They were uh, of, of Anglo-Celtic uh, background. Sure. Um, so, you know, some of the ingredients were quite foreign back then, not nowadays, mm-hmm. um, but it was palatable. They loved the diet, and it improved their diabetes control. So the diet has a composition and a richness of, of, new, of, of foods that have antioxidant, anti-inflammatory properties that it's beneficial for diabetes, heart disease, metabolic syndrome, fatty liver, and even dementia. We've, we've got current trials at the moment looking at how we can prevent dementia uh, with a Mediterranean diet, which is rich in all of these important nutrients. So, yes, you can uh, improve your health and in some cases reverse a condition by following a healthy diet like a Mediterranean diet. Well, the the there's some pretty old Greeks living on some of those islands uh, in the bed, aren't there? Yes, that's right. And, and living a, a good life. A good life, exactly. Uh, a Mediterranean way of life with yeah. with uh, that social connectivity, enjoying your food with people and, and a lot of physical activity, uh, walking everywhere and gardening and, uh, and having festivals and dancing. And so all of those elements are very much part of the lifestyle. Oh. Uh, which is important. And does wine fit into that? It does. Um, wine is is part of the Mediterranean diet, uh, particularly locally uh, produced uh, wine um, with meals in moderation. Um, but, but with wine, and in our trials, what we say is if you do drink alcohol, try and switch to wine, red wine if you can, and right. only, you know, one or two glasses a day, right. not more. But check with your with your doctor because for some people it's alcohol, you know, should, should Well it's be a sugar, good. isn't it? Uh, first of all. 
Uh, uh, y- yes, I mean, dry wines have less sugar, but it's the alcohol, and sometimes you know that okay. does interfere with medication. You really need to check with your with your doctor. But um, but a glass of red wine, in particular, uh, with a Mediterranean meal, is is part of the cuisine. But uh, but it is because it's alcohol. We do we do need to just be mindful. For mm. some people, it's it's um, it's it's not not a goer. Right, and I'm just wondering how how do you feel children would take to a Mediterranean diet, and is there a special way you need to introduce them to some of the uh, some of the plant based food? I can I can absolutely uh, talk about this as a dietitian, but also uh, raising two daughters that were fussy eaters very much uh, right. growing up. Um, and the way the way to introduce uh, more vegetables primarily in a Mediterranean diet is is to often hide the vegetables in the food and, and, right. and I know a dish <laughs> that we made and Vivian you might want to comment on this is uh, is um, a lentil soup fakes uh, in Greek um, the way that we um, have modernized uh, this soup is to add more vegetables so lentils being the main legume but lots of flavor and then small dices of carrot and onion and celery and all of the vegetables um, if, even broccoli if you like that you want your child to try put it in a soup that is flavorsome it's got tomato olive oil and uh, so the flavor is important or make patties like zucchini patties uh, zucchini might be hard to eat because it's a bland vegetable but if you grate it and you put it into a patty a little bit of uh, feta cheese and the ones we've got in the book have got corn um, it's a fun way to eat. You can put in a burger if you like, um, but you're hiding those vegetables that are sometimes bland and not palatable to young children into a dish that tastes nice. So it's mm. got to taste nice. Mm. Oh, that's obvious. And Catherine, I wonder whether part of this whole Mediterranean diet is the fact that the family or the enlarged uh, family often with uh, the third generation uh, meets around the table and engages and uh, and has good conversation as part of the whole exercise. We're not sort of rushing through the drive-through at McDonald's or eating on the run. That that's exactly right because that is it's the Mediterranean way of life and lifestyle. Mm. Yeah, that social connectedness, the ability to share foods, to try different foods, and eat foods on a plate. And uh, whereas if you're on the run, if you're eating in the car or you're in front of the TV on your lap, you're going to choose something that's snacky or you can hold with one hand and that's not going to be the healthier option. Right. Um, so for many, many reasons, taking time out, but also eating slowly, that slow food that we often talk about means that your body has time to you know, register that you're full, you're not sort of gulping your food down, which is not good for your digestion. So many positives about eating together, around a table, away from the TV, and having that conversation, that debrief, which is so important for mental health as well. Right. Now, Vivian, I want to ask you, what's a recipe in the book that you've been involved in creating that you think people probably won't know about or won't have thought of? Something different they could try. What do you suggest? Something different, something that I find is an incredible recipe that we came up with is the oyster mushroom yidos. So, you know, the classic Greek yidos. Um, yeah. Yeah, the spit that rotates and it's got, you know, all that beautiful meat. Um, we've developed a version that's um, vegetarian. It's even vegan, actually. Um, okay. And you use oyster mushrooms and it's just incredible. It's got all the right flavour. It's got a great texture and um, you can just eat it like you would in any other yidos. In so you pack it down, do you? 
Yeah, yeah, you do. You kind of um, press it against the pan, make sure it really chars, um, cut it into strips. It's beautiful. It has a really nice marinade. Um, it just brings out all those really meaty flavors. That's um, fantastic. Yeah, that one's really good, um, right. especially when you're catering. People with dietaries. I think the, the Mediterranean diet is great for catering because, you know, you've got dips and things that you can fill a table with and give people lots of choice. Absolutely, there's heaps for a potluck. Um, yeah, mm. the dips are great, the pies are great, anything you can grab in your hand um, mm. and, and what, share with people. And what would you recommend out of the book, Catherine? Oh, I, I really like the – I mentioned the zucchini patties before because mm. they are a great lunch or breakfast dish and when you make them, you can also keep them and take them to work the next day. They make a really great fulfilling breakfast it's a it's a way of packing in lots of vegetables into a, into a patty, and uh, with with a salsa that we've got and other vegetables, it makes a nice vegetarian dish, or you can put it between bread and make it or into a bun. So I like the I like the zucchini patties um, in particular, but the soups are also fantastic, and some of the salads with very different ingredients and legumes and nuts. You know, you might not put nuts in a salad, but they add crunch, they add fibre. Um, good oils and uh, those important uh, polyphenols or antioxidant nutrients. So it's not just uh, lettuce; it's actually a fulfilling uh, almost meal salad. So yeah, there's a few a few examples of things yeah. that 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 I'm liking from oh, the book. Oh, that's good. That's great. Well, I think it's fabulous that some Melburnians have uh, have in fact produced the modern Mediterranean diet. Do you think you're going to export the book back to the Greeks? <laughs> yes, why not? Why not? Um, I think the the Greeks because they do like modern. Uh, certainly, just been to Greece. We both have. Right. Um, so uh, you know they like the tradition, but they also like the modern. And I think this this was, this offers a, a new a new look, new way, to, okay. new way to incorporate well, those favourite recipes. It's it's a it's a great book to look at. It's uh, it's got a, a truckload of. Uh, I shouldn't have said a truckload, a ladle full of, of colour photographs and it's divided up quite uh, quite nicely into the various aspects of uh, of the Mediterranean, the modern Mediterranean diet, it's called, by uh, Dr. Catherine Itziopoulos and Vivian Kutsis and it's uh, published by Pan Macmillan. It's available now, ladies, isn't it? It is, yes. Okay, and uh, in all good bookshops. So, I, I can recommend the diet. I'm going to try a couple of things myself. It's got a the meat. Is that the meatball soup on the cover, Vivian? No, that's just um, that's a different meatball recipe. That's meatballs with polenta, um, okay. which I also love. It's very fulfilling. looks pretty yeah. good with some basil leaves there. I'd say is it? Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I think I don't think there'd be any ingredient that you could not get in here. Would that be right? Oh, absolutely not. All these ingredients would be available in Melbourne. Or available. Yes, yes, yeah. of course. That's where we live. It's how we cook. Yeah, Fantastic. it's all available. Well, congratulations on putting this together and uh, on modernising something that's uh, obviously got a, a lot of support in the marketplace as, as a good thing to do for your, for, your, for your own personal health. So thanks very much for being on Travel Riders Radio. I've enjoyed our chat. Thanks so much for having us. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Graham Kemlo speaking with Dr. Catherine Itziopoulos and her daughter Vivian Kutsis about their new book on the modern Mediterranean diet. I think I should give it a go. Uh, well, maybe.